Welcome to Attenuation, a weekly podcast where two friends come together to drink beer, discuss beer styles and trends, and just generally ruminate on the meaning of life, aka beer. If you enjoy your time with us, we invite you to become a weekly listener and subscribe to the podcast. Without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 75 of Attenuation, a beer podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by my best friend since 8th grade, Stephen. Hello. How's it going, sir? So good. You ready to drink beer and talk about beer? Yep. And we have a I'm good so, episode. I'm, yeah, I'm like Sorry. excited because I'm drinking the style that we're talking about. So. Yeah, I'm jealous. I don't have one, and I wasn't prepared. I so ambushed you. you. This time. <laughs> you ambushed me at the topic. So we well, are this time I got the beer first, and then I was like, Oh, okay. that's how it worked. Yeah. I see. This is double ambush. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're doing a deep dive on Ode Bruin and Flanders Ale. So we're back at it again. Sour. Back at it again with the deep dive. Yes. Yeah. We did, had to do homework. And Stephen's ready because he's going to be drinking a style or a beer from that style, and I'm not. It's okay. That's all good. Do you have a barrel aged stout at least? I do. <laughs> nice. Okay. I'm in a really bad mood today, so <laughs> I'm going to drink the best beer that was in my fridge. Nice. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Hey, if there's ever an occasion to drink the best beer in your fridge, it's when you need to pick me up. Having me time with you. Yeah. Wouldn't have it any other way, Stephen. Mm-mm. Nope. All right. You want to get into our drinking beer segment? Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Second reveal what I pulled out. <laughs> so our first segment is drinking beer. Stephen and I both introduce beers. We give nose notes, and then we cheers and give our tasting notes. And today, I am drinking my favorite beer in the world, Bottle Logic Brewing Fundamental Observation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I told you I'm not messing around. Well, you said your favorite beer in the fridge. I guess I didn't really think you meant the most favorite beer in the fridge or most favorite beer ever. And I've had this for a while and I've been looking for an occasion to drink it and my bad mood is going to be the occasion. Okay. Yeah. If there's anything that can cheer you up, <laughs> this is it. Let's hope. My goodness. So I got this from Craft Shack and I think I paid a literal fortune for it so it's okay it's what we do for our whales i pulled it straight out of the fridge so it's okay you got a lot of it to drink it'll be warm by the time you finish it so it poured jet black thick with a quickly dissipating head that almost had a brown almost had a like a red tinge or brown red tinge to it before almost completely disappearing just got like a light ring of head there yeah. left that's it wow it smells so much like fudge like cake batter and vanilla Maybe even a hint of like black licorice, cherry. But yeah, there's a sweetness. It always reminds me of like cordial cherries. You know, like the cherries that are dipped in chocolate and have the cream. Mm-hmm. Lots of good flavors on the nose here. Awesome. What are you drinking today, sir? Okay, so I'm super excited. I went to the grocery store the other day, and it's one that I don't usually go to. It was just like a different one because I was in a different area of town, and their beer selection was amazing. Like I'm looking at this beer fridge at my grocery store in Texas, and they have Other Half, Drecker, and then I see Jolly Pumpkin, which I've been like wanting to drink a Jolly Pumpkin for so long. They're from Michigan. Michigan, Dexter, Michigan, I think, which is outside of Ann Arbor, I believe. Is that close to where you grew up? Yeah, like an hour away, I think. Really? Ann Arbor is where the University of Michigan is? Yes, home to the sprawling University of Michigan. It's in Ann Ann Arbor. Yeah, so that's where they are. They specialize, I think, in these... They're kind of a Jester King, kind of wild ale, mixed fermentation kind of brewery. But this is uh, one of the beers that they're very famous for is La Roja, which is a Flanders-style red ale. This one is La Roja de Creek, so it's that same beer but with cherry juice added. So kind of a sour amber ale with cherry juice. It's the cat beer. It's the cat beer, yeah. It has a very like fancy-looking cat, like a cat in a, a lieutenant suit. So I bought that beer and drank it. They had it at the fancy bottle shop in my neck of the woods. Before I was like super, super into beer, like I didn't 100% know what I was getting, but I was like, I like that cat. <laughs> it's like how I buy wine, right? And yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that bottle looks cool. Right? Well, it's like this super snazzy cat and he's drinking the beer in like a cool glass. Yeah, he's like swirling it. How can you not like that cat? <laughs> uh, it's 
awesome. And the cat is like red. It's like a blood red cat. You got to put a picture of that on the gram. Okay, I will. I do have one. Oh, more. the gram is dying, Stephen. Did you know this? No. You got to do uh, the gram. Just wants you to do reels now because they're like. Oh, to, I heard about. They're trying that. to compete with TikTok. Yeah, I heard about that. I saw a lot of accounts. Who, Instagram wants me to post reels, so here's a reel of pictures. This is a reel of still pictures, but. It's like the most embarrassing thing you can do in the world is when there's something that's more popular than you and then you like change your core identity to try to copy them. Do you remember when like Bing They've all done it basically. Like it's all this videos now. Like little But they're not going to displace TikTok. And then like do you remember when like Bing tried to dethrone Google and they spent like billions of dollars on advertising? It's like guys this is embarrassing. Like it's called Googling. I know. (laughs) Isn't that funny how it is like it's almost they're just not self-aware. Like it's a sign of desperation. Come on. Just like do your own yeah. thing. And do your try thing. To... You're the picture site. <laughs> you do the pictures. TikTok yeah. does the reels. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Well, I hate the Facebook reels or whatever. Yeah, Facebook's like, doing the same thing. Stories. And that if you push the comment, like to look at the comments, it's like, oh, no, you have to go to Instagram to view the comments for this Facebook. Oh, interesting. <sighs> so stupid. Okay. Also, this is 6.9%. Okay. So I just poured it out into my big Brooklyn brewery. Like, it's kind of like a really tall Ooh, wine I glass. I like your glass. Yeah, it's fancy. A nice, deep, burgundy brown color. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, some some lights, some angles, it's kind of brown. And then the other side, other angles, you get this, like, deep red uh, burgundy color. Hmm. This nose is very, like, wild. Sort of barnyard funky. Mm-hmm. Maybe a touch of vinegar. Definitely some cherry on the nose. Like a sour cherry. So that's, the sourness is coming off in the nose. So some, like, lactic sourness. Almost like a hint of like chocolate too. Mm. Yeah, like it. Uh, like it's kind of funny because we're both getting like a chocolate cherry. Yeah. Off our beers, but yeah, it's almost like a like a light chocolate cherry with a little bit of vinegar. Okay, I'm right, excited. Cheers, cheers. Well, yeah. it's still so good. <laughs> I have like a lot of appreciation. I have even more appreciation for it now. Does it live than, up to the memory? Than, than ever before. Yeah, like for some reason, I swear I remember like more of a cherry note in this beer, but I'm not really getting it this time. And I don't know if maybe um, it just mellowed out. This is the 2020 bottling, okay. and it's been in my fridge for a long time. And I could just be wrong about it, but but everything else is exactly how I remembered. And I kind of can contextualize why I like it so much. So it tastes like chocolate cake batter, and then dark fruit fig, and then sweet vanilla caramel. And the second you think it's going to get too sweet, the sweetness evaporates into bourbon. That's kind of where I used to detect the cherry is right after the bourbon. But then it's almost like baker's chocolate and it gets dry. It runs straight up to the line of like being too sweet and being cloying. And then it just goes away. Have you been on a roller coaster at Disneyland? Yeah. And have been on a roller coaster at like Six Flags? Yeah. So the difference that I think I notice is like at Six Flags, when you're in one of the big drops, it gets to the point where you're uncomfortable. And then it goes like one and a half seconds longer. So you're like, oh God, I don't like this. And then it goes like one second longer. But on the big roller coasters at Disney, I swear they've like calculated out like the second you're in the big drop and you start to be like, I want this to be over. It pulls up. <laughs> and that's exactly what this beer does with the sweetness. That's like, so funny. That is the weirdest analogy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sweet enough yeah, without yeah. being too sweet. And then the other thing is the body is like impossible for how crazy this beer is because it's 14%. Oh, another thing is like you can't taste alcohol anywhere. There's no alcohol burn at all. So it's super dangerous to drink. And then it's just not thick. You would think because, you know, it's a 14% beer, it's barrel as you think it'd be thick. It's just not. It just almost has like a medium body. <laughs> it's crazy. I think that's kind of why I appreciate it. It's got all the flavors there of the vanilla, the bourbon, that really cool like cake batter, chocolate cake cake batter flavor but it doesn't overdo any of them it's like a perfectly balanced west coast ipa but for like a bourbon barrel aged stout awesome thanks thanks for coming to my ted talk (laughs) glad i could make it (laughs) how's your cat beer oh my gosh this beer is so good yeah people listen to the podcast they're probably like oh my god he loves every beer (laughs) which is true almost but the best beer beer is the one in front of you right right yeah so it's so great because it's it's light-bodied and it's so 
dry. Like the whole thing is dry. Like this doesn't never even approaches sweet ever. And so it's very much like drinking a red wine. Very wine like. Like the bitterness in this is very tannin like, like a red wine. Mm. Okay. But yeah, just great notes of cherry, a little bit of raspberry. The finish is very much, that's where you kind of get the acidic feel from it. Like you just finished a glass of orange juice, that mm. kind of like acid sitting in the back of your throat. Yeah. Um, so there's almost like this orange juice note to it, but just, but not sweet. I mean, this beer is not sweet at any point. It's a like essence, lit, essence of orange juice. Yeah. It is a little bit sour. It kind of has this like middle tasting, like a middle of the tasting rise of sourness that just kind of like quickly comes and goes. It's not, I, I, I mean, look, you're talking to someone who loves sour beers. So maybe I'm, maybe my palate is wrecked or my perception of sourness is bad. But I would think that someone even that is new to sour beer could handle this. Like, it's just, it's not crazy sour. It's just this sort of quick rise and fall of sourness in the whole tasting, which is more just very, like, like I said, just very tannin, dry fruit flavored, like drinking a red wine, but just so light bodied and drinkable. Like, you just want to keep putting it back up to your lips. Like, it's just so good. Nice. So thumbs up for the cat beer. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. You know what I think we need to do, although maybe your number one hasn't changed, but I think we do need to do a redo of the top 10 beers. Yeah, we should do it after Great American Beer Festival. Because we did that pretty early on in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think I like throw my whole list out the window and just restart. <laughs> oh, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, my whole knowledge of beer and, mm-hmm. and of course, range of what I've now tasted has just yes. come, like gone way up so i bet you mine would change a lot too but maybe not my number one i almost says when i did those my first top 10 like i had not had enough beers mm. like i had i hadn't drank enough beers at that point yeah, some filler on the list yeah <laughs> you're like ah, i think yeah i'll throw that one on so. that was an incredibly hard exercise to do by the way so yeah it was yeah but i would love to do a repeat for sure. We should do an annual or maybe biannual. Yeah. So it could be the 2022 top 10. But yeah, let's, let's wait till after the festival. We'll take notes. Yeah. See if uh, see if we drink anything there that changes our mind. Right. And it'd be a good chance to maybe try some things in close proximity. Because that's kind of the challenge of doing like a top 10 from your memory. It's like, yeah, it's never sure. like you're never going to get to try like all 10 of your top 10 side by side to like rank them correctly. Right. So. Right. And if you did, that would be like the best day of your life. Well, especially like beers that you've only had. You only have one time. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, actually, I, do you know what? What? I think I might like Rusty Nail more than this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there might be a change. Because this one, was this your number one? I think so. I might have put, I got, we got to go back and listen to it. Yeah, we'll have to listen. But they're yeah. up there. They're both yeah. in the top five for sure. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, my top 10 beers, so I saw Pseudo Sue at the, that was also at the grocery store, this one that I was at. They had Pseudo Sue and King Sue. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to check the dates on those just yeah. to see where we're at with those. Pseudo Sue was okay. It was like that. It was within the range of what it said to drink before. It was like September or something. But the King Sue was way out of date. It was like oh, no. drink by July something. That's not yeah. good. And I think they give four months expiration. Like window. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about uh, King Sue brewed in March, six months later too old that's old i was like gonna yeah. send a picture <laughs> yeah they gotta be like this is in the store by the way <laughs> i know because if someone drinks that they're not having like the true experience as pretentious as that sounds but it's true anyway yeah even check, on this check your uh, dates check yeah your dates. on this uh on my bottle logic bottle i don't know this might be an old one but it's kind of cool they have like so much data on here but there's a part where it says seller and then there's two bullet points and it says okay or it says drink brush and on this one the okay bubble is filled in Mm, that's so cool. i don't know if they do that like on all their beers it's kind of cool though like like letting you know which one or if it's like okay that. to store they also have an alcohol meter on here and it's pushing all the way <laughs> in, all into the, the red the <laughs> they don't make much uh higher than that it's basically wine at this point it's so awesome all right cool well that was our drinking beer we both have double thumbs up so it's gonna be a good podcast um our next segment is postscripts where we go back and correct things from previous episodes or revisit things from previous episodes, which I think we have none. No, um, we were perfect last episode. <laughs> and then we have beer news, which I think Steven has one. Yeah, this is like the best beer news ever. 
we got a little nostalgic on this one. So was it? We say it was ten years ago. I think it was in 2010 that this happened. So 12 okay, so years 12 ago. years ago, which were kind of the early days of YouTube, which is funny because it's last weekend we went and saw Miranda sings, and if you know her, she's like one of the original YouTubers. So it's been a very uh, old school YouTube week for me. But it, you may remember this clip from Huntsville, Alabama. This guy named Antoine Dodson was interviewed on the news about like a suspected rapist in the apartment complex kind of things. And anyway, he was interviewed on the news and they turned it into a, there was an auto-tune the news. Was that a channel that would do yeah, that? Yeah, I don't... I can't find it anymore. Oh, they changed their they changed themselves to songify the news. Gotcha. But that you were known as auto tune the news, and they would just take things that got reported onto the news and turn them into songs by auto tuning them and like adding beats and stuff like that. So anyway, it was a very fiery interview where he was saying, "Hide your kids, hide your wife, because we got somebody out here raping everybody, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're gonna find you." So run and tell that. Anyway, that was basically the gist of it. It was the most watched YouTube video of 2010. Dang. Okay, cool. Oh, that's good knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Antoine Dodson has now teamed up with a Huntsville, Alabama brewery called Straight to Ale Brewery. And they are making a run and tell that ale based on that nice video yeah so it's like a collaboration with a youtube star i guess his part is just his face his face (laughs) (laughs) and then they put him on the label Yeah. yeah but yeah i believe they're the straight to ale brewing is doing a whole series of collaborations with like old YouTube video stars. But anyway, I just thought it was funny because I think I'm pretty sure Jason was the one who initially told me about that video. Probably. I was really yeah. into all these videos. Like, um, you know, the first thing, you know, you know what you were the first one to tell me about? What's that? Gangnam Style. Yeah. I think that's I still one of the most you told popular. me about it and I watched it. I was like, what am I watching? And then that song blew up. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that's one of the most I think it got passed. But for a while, I think it was the first YouTube video to hit a billion views or something like that. Oh, wow. But yeah, that was back in the days of like, I, I'm probably going to mess up the. So that was 2012. There was this time when the, when the internet. Yeah, it was like the early YouTube days and like stuff was so weird and crazy. And like it was kind of like uncharted territory. Because mm. you remember, I don't know, this might have came later, but do you remember like epic rap battles of history? No. Let's see. No, that was, the, they still do them. They're newer. But like I try to think of the other YouTube things I would watch back then. Like did you ever watch um, regular, ordinary Swedish mealtime or whatever? There was no. all these weird. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll send you a playlist. This is 2011. Yeah, like same time. There's just all this weird stuff on YouTube. So auto tune the news. Like there's all this weird stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It was a different time. There was no was, TikTok back then. So, yeah. yeah, that was the golden age, man. It really was. A, game, yeah. a GameCube. That was the cutoff. Well, I just think Nothing it was kind GameCube of like. GameCube and we would be better. Yeah, yeah, we'd be better. We'd be better for it. To stop the technology. I'm a Luddite now. I'm 40 and I'm a Luddite. But no, there was just like, I don't know what it was. It was like, I don't know. YouTube was still early like it wasn't like a career yet i feel like if you ask any kid now what do they want to be is like i want to be like a streamer or like a youtube star TikTok and like star, yeah. it wasn't quite to that point yet people were getting huge no. on youtube but it wasn't like captivating everyone's minds and stuff like no that. they like didn't even now. know they could make money like people didn't yeah. know they could make money doing it they just did it they just did weird stuff just because they wanted to and now i feel like everything everyone does on social media is like well like of these big channels and stuff it's like just it's all the grift right it's all just to make money so yeah it's lost its purity (laughs) like everything does eventually yeah exactly fortunately so anyways yeah so they're making a beer cashing in on that old i feel like they're targeting our generation because no kid no one today knows like that song or auto-tune the news like that's an old old that's an old youtube thing so You know, what's funny is the other day, so I listened to a lot of podcasts, but I turned on my old, I can stream 
my talk radio station from San Francisco. I can stream them through my phone. So they talk about, you know, it's like the sports, San Francisco sports talk radio. Okay. And I listen to their morning show. And it's so funny because I'm listening it and I'm like listening to it. I'm thinking this is the original podcast talk radio, like yeah, a talk radio show. Mm-hmm. Like they just, you know, they have a top whatever they're talking about currently, and then they just like riff off on something else. And they got their segments. Yeah, they got their little <laughs> exactly <and> their <laughs> interviews and stuff. And it was just it was more like live podcasting basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, it just made me laugh. Like, oh yeah, this isn't so new. <laughs> Well, podcast is almost like it's like on demand radio. On demand, right? it's like radio yeah. you can listen to whenever you want. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the way, since we're on tangents, I looked it up and I want to. I'm going to test you. I think you might get this right. Okay. What do you think the most watched video on YouTube is? And I guarantee you've heard it many times. Kids really like it. Like of all time. All time, most views. Baby Shark. Yep, Baby Shark. I knew you'd get it. 11.2 billion views. There's only That's... six billion people on Earth. <laughs> Everybody's watched it twice, I guess. (laughs) Oh, man, that's crazy. All right, so that's our beer news. Do we have a story time with Steven? Yeah, okay, this is great. This last weekend, I'm lucky enough to, I was lucky enough to take my daughter to her cheer practice. She's a cheerleader. Heaven help me. In Texas. That's a different thing. It's a whole different thing. Intense, by the way. Anyway, took her to cheer practice and had a couple hours to burn and... Very close to her cheer gym is Redhorn Brewing. <laughs> so I still needed to work on the podcast on Sunday. I wasn't like procrastinating or anything. And so I took my laptop and I just went over to Redhorn and I was ed- editing my podcast over there. And so I sat up at this table and I put my headphones on, right? Like I shouldn't be able to hear anything. But there's this table right next to me and it's like this couple that are not even a couple like a maybe second or third date right like not first date i could tell but uh but a new like starting relationship maybe and so i my wife does this way more than i do like she'll she'll get like lost in the conversation at the table next to her i can like completely tune everything out around me she'll be like did you hear that i'm like no i didn't but you could not tune this guy out he was so loud the loudest voice but anyway I get basically got lost. <laughs> His conversation. I, I didn't get enough. I didn't get much podcast editing done because I had to listen to this guy talk. And maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I haven't dated in a long time. Well, I haven't dated in a long time, but I would never want to do it again because these conversations were so awkward. And <laughs> at some point, he was talking about like the items he would take if he was on a survival show. Wow. I mean, Digging he had deep. Like, he had put a lot of thought into this, like a lot of thought. Like he was ready. If you you had walked up to this guy on the street and asked him, he would have been like ready for this answer. So that was fun. And <laughs> uh, he uh, laid out his whole schedule for the next two weeks, where he was going to be and what he was going to be doing, uh, so they could figure out when they could hang out again. Okay. Seems like a little too much information, but... Um, like, I think he needed... He was, like, subbing for a volleyball team for his buddy. He plays volleyball. He had to sub in for his team because his friend couldn't be there. And <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to tell you about my fun story at Red Horde <laughs> Brewing. I got to drink Watermelon Crawl Goza again because it's my favorite beer Ooh. this summer. That's my 2022 favorite summer beer. Summer vibe beer. Yeah. The watermelon goes up with basil. That sounds so good, actually. Oh, it's perfect. Such a good beer. So shout out to Redhorn Brewing in Cedar Park, Texas. Their watermelon crawl goes is fantastic. And then when I went back up for my second beer, I said, I want a lager this time because I have an appreciation for lagers. You do. And there's so many now out coming out right now because it's Oktoberfest season. Okay. Yeah. So you get a lot of Mars and lagers coming out right now so they had a, a fest beer mars and lager so i had that it was a great finish you know it was like it just a, one of those good clean beers that like tastes like a beer that's awesome so did i that, had a fun um, experience at Redhorn. Yeah, did a little people watching or people listening <laughs> didn't get and, enough editing done but you didn't fun. get enough editing done that's okay that's 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 pretty fun i i think i fall more into your category of like i don't notice anything that's happening around me yeah 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 no i never do like that was, was yeah. so funny is this guy was like impossible to ignore he like captivated you with this yeah because like not only was he loud but he was just like 
this stuff was so cringy and awkward. But I was like, maybe I'm looking at the perspective of I think everything is cringy and awkward. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I mean, like, she seemed um, to be somewhat interested in laughing, so. I do feel like early dates are, like, always the terrible, aw- right? most awkward conversations because you, like, don't know what to talk about. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, I couldn't do it ever again. Yeah. It's the benefit of being an old married man, Steven. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So that was story time with Steve. Are you ready to get into the main topic? So ready. Let's do it. All right, let's talk about Flanders and Ode Broom. I, I, you had like a moment of uh, panic, right? That we had already talked about this. Yes. When you texted me, I was like, I thought we did this. But then I looked. We did some deep dives where we were like tangentially touching. I think Lambic this. maybe we mentioned yes. it. Is that? I think that was probably the episode. When we but did then Lambic. when I started reading about it, I was like, ah, oh, we haven't talked about this before. Because I don't remember any of this stuff. Or I just forgot it all, which is also possible. Well, and then, so I said like, let's do the Flanders right out. Because I got this awesome beer from Jolly Pumpkin. And I was like, beer. I was like, yeah, we got to do... We got to talk about this style because I started reading about it. And then I'm realizing today that like, well, we got to do Oud Brun too because they're so connected. So. Closely related. Yeah. So that's so, what we're doing. So the very first thing I read, and I, I want to bring this up because <laughs> you'll see in a minute. But uh, so for, for Lander's style, they do not use dark sugars or malts, but they caramelize the wort with very long boils, sometimes up to 20 hours to kind of get those flavors. Oh and my gosh. Me- that would be so long. I know. Could you? First of all, they said it's like very expensive process. Could you? Could you imagine like boiling something for twenty hours? Yeah, that's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy, especially when they're doing it in like eighteen fifty or whatever. <laughs> it's like chopped down a whole forest. But it reminded me of when we were brewing for one of the first times in your garage, and we also caramelized the wort, but we did we instead of doing it in like ten hours, we did it in like. 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> okay those instructions were terrible they were terrible yes. so bad it was like add the you know it's the liquid malt extract so it was like yes. add the liquid malt extract it says that first but yes. that's like the name of the step that's not actually what you're supposed to be doing like it said it says that and then ex- explains that step but you don't know that right. so you do that and then you realize that in the explanation of the step it says like take it off the heat yes and then add it slowly where we just like poured it in while it was so on the heat we poured it like... on when it was on the flame <laughs> and it's super thick so it goes right to the bottom to like the very hottest part we were making smoked beer. <laughs> yeah, we were making smoked beer, and it got caramelized, basically, yeah. Oh, that's so great. Because we were making, I think, a amber? Yeah. Yeah, we were brewing an amber, and I remember when I first drank it, I was like, ooh, that like, tastes burnt. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, oh, yeah, I remember all that like burnt stuff at the bottom of the... <laughs> When we flash caramelized our, yeah. Yeah. We don't need no 20-hour boil. No. We can just do it. <laughs> I feel like we invented a way faster way to do it. But it's like a, uh... <laughs> oh, no, and I forgot. What was the name of the brewery that kept doing, like, shortcut after shortcut after shortcut? Schlitz. Schlitz. I feel like we did a Schlitz shortcut where it's like, you can boil for 10 hours or you can just burn it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for 20 seconds. For 20 seconds. Way faster. It's more like efficient. basically the same. Yeah, it's similar. <laughs> All right. So I just had to mention that because that was one of the first things I read about Flanders and it reminded me of that situation. So Nice. I didn't, I didn't read anything about the long boil, so that's good. Good info. Good knowledge. When you're homebrewing a one hour long boil, <laughs> you're so bored. It seems so long. <laughs> yeah. Even if you have to do, even if you have like a hop schedule, like every 10 minutes, 10 minutes is a long time when you just sit there staring at boiling yeah, water. Like yeah. making sure the temperature stays right. And you're like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, long. so imagine doing that for 20 hours. Hopefully they do take shifts. Yeah, I guess. Well, it was 1850. There's literally nothing else to do. <laughs> Watching boil water, watching work boil was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no Netflix to watch. You have TikTok. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so a little history of these styles. They come from the Flanders region of Belgium. There was an East and a West Flanders. Mm-hmm. They each have their style. 
and their brewery that kind of started those that style. So the East Flanders style is the Oud Bruin style. The West Flanders style is the just the Flanders red. The Oud Bruin original brewery, I think we can attribute to Leafman's. They so. they had a brew process. So we're talking mid 1800s now. So mid to late 1800s. So they now have an understanding of yeast and bacteria, how fermentation works. And so this is more of a modern style where they're controlling the fermentation a little bit more. So you're, and I think this is kind of, this is probably why we mentioned it when we did the Lambic deep dive, um, because it's sort of a tangential style but lambics were historically spontaneously fermented so you take that put that wort in the cool ship and just let whatever ferments it ferment it whereas these were more the mixed i, I think or did we call it mixed fermentation so well i mean the idea is that you ferment these beers initially with an ale yeast right so you're making an amber ale essentially in this process and then you take that beer and then you put it in your fermentation vessel whether that be an oak fooder um, you know a wine barrel or stainless steel fermenter uh, and then you that's when you add your mixed culture so you're adding uh, could be a mix of brettanomyces yeast like a wild yeast, it could be a mix of lactobacillus, pediococcus, acetobacter bacteria, or the other thing too is that you put it in the oak fooder, whatever's in the walls of the oak fooder. Right. That you use over and over and over again is your mixed culture. So anyway, they just started to have more control over what they were doing. Whether that yeah, be the barrel that, that they um, use. Mixed fermentation. Sorry. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so whether that be the barrel that they use over and over again or an actual culture that they just put into the secondary fermentation. But either way, that's just your... Uh, I think one of the reasons for that is you get alcohol protection. So it's not as uncontrolled as the cool ship spontaneous fermentation. You get more control, but you still get all those like wild flavors yeah. and the terroir, the earthiness, the, um, you know, the, that stuff that makes beer kind of like it's sour. Like a, tart it's a chaotic blend, but it's not like when you do a cool ship, it's literally whatever floats into yeah, it's it. Like right. Literal chaos. Yeah. It's literally chaos. This is like a controlled chaos. It's like they bottled chaos and then they apply it. So they're controlling it, but it still has that. It's still going to give it that wild flavor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we talk about when we do deep dives, there's always like some element of tax laws. and Oh, the five pillars breaks. of a deep dive? <laughs> yeah. It's war, fire, tax evasion, a style being carried or revived by a single person, and prohibition. Those are the five go. pillars are present in almost every deep dive. <laughs> Well, the tax evasion, I think, was a little bit more um, more towards like just like laws dictating what they could use and that kind of stuff. Beers in this area, they weren't really using hops for preservation. So they were brewing beer with this mix of herbs and spices called gruit. And breweries hated brewing with gruit. So, so I think one of the reasons was that like there were laws made that like forced breweries to brew with gruit as opposed to hops, I, I, I think. And then there was some sort of like tax money thing involved where like they they wanted uh gruit to be used but anyway basically these breweries hated using gruit because their beers went bad so quickly and so to combat that that's when they started using these mixed fermentations because the bacteria and the acid created by the bacteria preserved the beer longer so that's really why it's, it really is funny because it's like they weren't making sour beer because they wanted to drink a sour beer right like they they made a beer that right. would last longer and in order to have it a beer that last be longer sour. it needed yeah. to be a little sour which is another like it's almost like the sixth pillar but it kind of ties into the tax evasion thing it's like a lot of times there's some like regional reason that a beer is the way it is like for example the two row versus six row barley when it came to america they had six row and it had a lot of protein so they started adding corn or rice to 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 get the clarity back but then that becomes what people get used to drinking and that's what they want so it's like they didn't really intend they didn't the sourness was a byproduct but then it becomes a feature right 
Yeah. Because people exactly. drink that over and over and over again. They expect it to have that nice sour like flavor. It. Yeah. And what's what's funny is mentioned a few times is that these beers, there's kind of a range a wide range of sourness in these beers. And when you drink some of the originals, so like uh, Duchesse de Bourgogne. I uh, good luck saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to it like a hundred times to say it right. Do- doesn't matter. I guarantee <laughs> yeah. I didn't. But the Rodenbach, Flanders, well, we'll get into that a little bit, Rodenbach. But but anyway, these original styles from this area, they're actually not that sour. And a lot of the more sour ones are the American ones. Because for whatever reason, Americans really do prefer a very sour beer. They like their sourness. Or at least the people that like sours like sour. Which is like me and you. <laughs> yeah, the more sour, the better. <laughs> Yeah. So the, do you think that's because Americans are like children? We're like still in our yummy phase. Like we want things to be like just big, sour, sweet, like as possible. And then Europeans are like, you know, they got over their yummy phase. <laughs> yeah, I think so. They're like, guys, you don't have to have everything set to 11, right? You can have things set to four or five. But we're like, we like 11. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a refined, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it's a much more refined palate. And, and part of that, too, is like a, the food industry here, like where we just jam sugar into everything. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm so getting at. Corn, it's like, you yeah, know, we drink a big red, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like the sweetest substance on the planet. And like, yeah. Yeah. Giving that to a European, they'd just be like, what the heck? They would. Yeah. Although so, we yeah. have spread that culture a little bit, too. We have. Yeah. That's, and maybe that's like to some of the countries like like I lived in Romania right they didn't have access to any western culture until like 1989 they got rid of uh, their communist leader and all this western culture flooded in and you know then it's like McDonald's and all that stuff and they like love it so just like when like, when you get a taste for it <laughs> or when yeah, you first have it you realize like they're in the yummy phase yeah <laughs> And that's like an evolutionary thing, right? You just like this excess of calories and sugar and your body's like, this is the best. Oh, yeah. It's like a hack right into that dopamine into center. The brain. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Europeans are like, eh, I don't need all that. Give me dry. Yeah, I'm just being stupid. But no, I think it is like a well, and I think that's why a lot of these things are acquired tastes, too. You know, you have to drink them over and over again. You start to understand that like you don't want, you know, this this beer I'm drinking right now, like it's. The exact opposite of the smoothie sour, right? <laughs> Where it's just juice and sweet and everything. Like this, this is all the fruit flavors in a not sweet platform, and it's awesome. And I think it's what a lot of like like of the tartar beer styles to appreciate. You know, IPAs. When I first started drinking IPAs, I would look at the you know I would read the tab or description, and they'd be talking about all these like tropical flavors of pineapple and orange and stuff, and I'm like, I would taste it and go like. I don't taste any of that. Like, what are you talking about? Because the bitterness was so overwhelming and everything. I didn't understand that you could taste these fruits without it being sweet. Yeah, it's the essence of, that's our joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have the, like, the fruit flavor, but none of the sweetness. It's like, essence of. It's like, uh, or whatever that, uh, LaCroix. 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 Sorry, I can't (laughs) pronounce anything. But they describe it as like it's bottled water, but like there was a fruit in the other room yeah. when they made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. all flavors are strong; they're just not sweet. Yeah. Okay. So. So, anyways, I totally derailed us. You were talking about no, no, you're good. Originally, we're not that sour. Yes. Yeah. And so the American styles are much more, much more sour. There are some American breweries. I think the the brewery in uh, California, they make one called Oud Tart that's very famous. They tried to make it a little bit more towards the like actual Belgian style where it's not super sour. But the, one of the big differences, uh, you mentioned this, I think, is that in America, they do a lot less of the big fooder fermentation and they do wine barrel yeah this is something i learned when i was reading about the styles that there's like a and i haven't i didn't actually know this but it makes a lot of sense and it's fascinating there's like an oxygen permeation rate through the barrel so over time oxygen does get into the barrel while it's aging and there's a surface area calculation basically so like in a wine barrel you have a lot less volume and you have a lot more surface area, so you get more oxygen permutation. And that can kind of affect if you have aerobic versus anaerobic 
yeast and bacteria, they're going to like or dislike the level of oxygen. And in those photos, you have a lot more volume and a lot less surface. So I don't know if they're as available in America because um, I'm sure you could like ship them over. But what we do have in America, especially like on the West Coast, like if you go to um, Russian rivers, like um, their barrel aging room, they have a ton of like it's like wine and bourbon, right? Because we have a ton of those barrels here. So that's what you yeah. grab because they're accessible and affordable. And so, yeah, it's kind of that's kind of interesting. I didn't one, I didn't know about the the ability of oxygen to permeate into the barrel. And two, I didn't I never thought about like, oh, it matters like the size. Like I always thought about, oh, yeah, if you get a wine barrel, that's going to impart like the wine flavors. If you get a bourbon barrel, that's going to impart the bourbon flavors. But even the size can make a big difference, which makes sense. But yeah, kind of cool thing I learned when we were researching for this episode. Yeah, reading over, I think Udhart, I want to say is aged in red wine barrels that one from the brewery so yeah a lot of the american styles are wine barrel aged this one the one i'm drinking right now from jolly pumpkin it's fooder aged so it's a hundred barrels it's a hundred barrel fooder yeah see that's more traditional and that i think that's what's going to give you that more traditional flavor because think of how big that barrel yeah. is it's massive right yeah, uh, Jester King does a lot of, when I took their tour, they had a huge barrel room. They, of course, are aging a lot of their things in barrels, but they do have like three or four fooders in their barrel room. But. So, and uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but La Folie from New Belgium. I was super mm-hmm. curious because actually it's really cool. We're going to talk a little bit more about it, but Rodenbach, which is the brewery that has that deep historical tie to this, the Red Flanders style. One of the people that worked at Rodenbach actually came over to work at New Belgium in america and was responsible for helping start the la folie which is their basically their sour style right you know you know it's funny i've seen that beer called a oud brun and then i've also seen it called a flanders red they call it both yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny but it says they are this ale is matured several years in giant french oak wine barrels called fooders so they are they are using the fooder aged yeah super cool yeah i think that is actually becoming more common in the united states but i will say i think california breweries tend towards the wine the wine it makes sense they're just here right so yeah yeah and so i'll mention too so kind of the big differences and this is why the the flanders reds and the bruins are it's almost like this line like you can't quite tell them apart because even color you'll get a bruin that looks a little red flanders red looks a little brown even in my glass my (laughs) flanders red looked red and brown at the same time and so what they what some historians say is that Rodenbach actually coined the term Flanders Red and marketed it as the Flanders West style, even though what it was like a twenty mile <laughs> difference. Yeah, I think these two breweries Flanders. are twenty five miles apart, but they got known <laughs> as West and East. It's kind of funny. Yeah. So one of the main differences was the fact that the Flanders Reds were aged in the fooders, but Rodenbach basically coined this Flanders Red term just to set them apart from the shelves. So it was just looked like something different on the shelf. But Leafman's historically they brew they put their bacterial strains in the mash, open fermented like a lambic with you know like a cool ship kind of fermentation, and then they put their beer in stainless steel tanks, and then sometimes a barrel after that. So anyway, there's just again, Again, you could try to describe one as being a little bit different than the other and because of how they're brewed, but there's so much overlap in how they're brewed that um, it's hard to tell them apart. But mainly, the Flanders Red is going to be very red wine-like, like like, a, like the one I'm drinking. A lot of currants, black cherry. Well, and it's like, blended, which is interesting. So yeah. they do age it. They call it the Triangle of Taste. That's what they called it in the Beer Bible. For the <laughs> Flanders style is sweet dry and acid and so you get the dryness and acid is they use 25 percent of the aged which was kind of funny they said it can reach 98 percent attenuation so mm. it's the titular line of the podcast i believe that this thing is dry <laughs> yeah super dry and then they use that and then the 75 percent they use the 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 younger beer and that adds sweetness and the effervescence so like the carbonation and then they can also add esters that give it that kind of flavor of balsamic vinegar. But that's kind of another thing that's a little bit, I think, unique to these styles. is It's like a really cool thing where they're like blending. They want elements from the aged, but then they also want elements from the fresh. So they're blending them together. 
kind of cool. Well, and part of that came out of the fact that it was necessary that they make this beer sour to preserve it and make it last longer. But then right before you serve it, you blend it with something newer to round it out Uh make make it a little bit easier to drink which is you have to blend it to make it palatable (laughs) (laughs) so the uberans do tend to be a little bit more malty fruity aged sour whereas the so i think the the malty and the fruity are are probably your big differences with your uberan well malty I think is is maybe like maybe a touch sweeter with the Oudbrun, but really it's it's pretty hard to distinguish. And like I said, like even Lafolier, I've seen <laughs> referenced as either style. So well, is it region locked to call something a Flanders? Are you allowed to say? Do you have to say Flanders mm. style? If you I think it that, yeah, they'll say Flemish style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a Flanders red style, I think. Maybe a Flanders red ale. Maybe they'll say that. Even style. this one, even this is, jolly pumpkin, just says sour amber ale. Yeah, they don't want to say it, right? <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is really oh, funny. you know, one of the other things I wanted to mention on this beer, it says can conditioned. Oh, so, super cool. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, bottle conditioned is where you just add a little bit of sugar to the bottle before you bottle it and cap it. And then the that reactivates the yeast in the beer. They create some CO2 and it naturally carbonates the beer. Yeah, a little natural carbonation. I always had the thought... I wonder if you can can carbonate or can condition. And now you know. And uh, I mean, I don't, I couldn't see any reason why you wouldn't be able to. I just never thought about it. But wait, did you get that in a can? Yeah, traditionally it's been in a oh, bottle. Oh yeah, well, that time I drank it was in a bottle. I and how big was that can? It's a like a sixteen ounce can. Okay. Pint can, yeah. But it still has the cat. Oh yeah, it's still got All the right. cat. Very good. Yeah, that cat is sick. Yeah, there he is. I love it. He's like swirling his. You can tell he's swirling the beer. Yeah, that's a that's a cat that I want to hang out with. <laughs> a beer connoisseur cat. This would be. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Of course, a cat would be a beer snob. We'll put this on our list of breweries to visit. We do our Michigan. Yes, I do want to do a Michigan trip. We do our founders. There's, there's a lot of breweries. Yeah, founders. Vivint. We can hit. Yep, and we can hit. Uh, Let's see the Pumpkin bells. bells, and then if we're lucky, we could swing out to Wisconsin. <laughs> just go over the border and get some. <laughs> and get some. Yeah, well, maybe we'll just go like one foot into Wisconsin, find like the closest grocery store, and buy a bunch of uh, Belgian red from New Glarus. Yeah, yeah. sounds you gotta like an awesome trip. That'll be our 2023 trip. Okay, sounds good. All right, cool. It's all planned out. Um, okay, I have a great story to tell because, you know, like we said, the five pillars of a deep dive. And I found a story with fire. Oh, yeah, we got to cover fire for sure. Although I, could, I couldn't find that much information. But there is a brewery. It's so funny how my worlds like overlap constantly in the beer world, at least. I was on Instagram today. One of my uh, one of the people I follow, she was a craft beer podcaster for a little while here in the Austin area and she mentioned on Instagram that she was going to San Diego and that she wanted some like brewery recommendations where she should go. One of the comments listed or I think she maybe listed the ones that were already on her list and one of them was Pure Project. I'd never heard of them. Well anyway in my Flanders Red Ale research I came across this Pure Project and I was like oh I'd like instantly recognized it from that post and so I looked into it. It's a really cool San Diego brewery. They're very, they're like all about um, conservation and sustainability and stuff. They're really cool. And their head brewer was named, is named Winslow Sawyer. But he brought his blend, like his own blend of Belgian yeast to Pure Project. So they make a Flanders Red called Rose Red. And he so he brought with him this yeast strain or this mixed culture strain that's like perfectly balanced uh, and bottled but, chaos. Yeah. yeah. But the brewer he came from actually had a fire in their barrel room like and he like escaped and he escaped with the yeast. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's, he rescued it. Yeah. So anyway, that that was the, I couldn't get much more information about the fire and his escaping the fire, but I thought that was interesting that we had a fire that's story epic. to tell. <laughs> no, that's a perfect fire edition for the five pillars of the deep dive. Yeah. There is also a really cool uh, aging method that they use at Pure Project. It's called the Solera Brewing Method. Okay. Apparently this was used in Spain with like sherry and brandy or something, but 
Anyway, what you do is you stack the barrels. Okay, so you have a bottom row of barrels, and then like you have rows of barrels on top of that. And they're all like they're connected. So you have this bottom row of barrels that's the oldest beer, right? Because by gravity, like that, they filled that one first. And then they, through time, like added newer beers fermenting in the rows above each row. Okay. Well, when they pour beer out from the bottom, like one of the bottom, the, the, the bottom row, it naturally brings some of the beer from the row above down into those barrels. That is so cool. And so it's just this slow trickle and mixing of different ages of beers that are like picking up flavors from the beer they've just joined they're bringing flavors from the barrels they just came from and it's just this like constant aging and then you're constantly putting newer beer up in the top barrels so that is really awesome and i'm pretty sure okay we'll we'll postscript this i think balsamic vinegar traditionally mm-hmm. people would do the exact same thing where they would have like this giant cask of aging balsamic vinegar and they, okay. would, t- they would tap it at the bottom and they would pour out from the bottom and every time they would take some out they'd add new to the top and it's the same kind of concept of like it's all kind of in there continuously aging and you're always kind of replenishing it but you're drawing from the bottom so you're like kind of like grabbing a lot of those the oldest portions that's super cool i didn't realize they did the same thing with beer like that yeah so that's what this pure project brewing does for their flanders red that sounds that's so how, cool that's how they age it and blend it yeah no that's that awesome that i want to try i want to try that cool one info. i know <laughs> yeah. i want to go to pure project uh-huh yeah you want to hear my recommendations for her in san diego yeah ballast point okay and i said don't like don't listen to the hate yeah they still make some good beers right going to the ballast point tap room is awesome because one they have all their standards but they have all these uh, like r&d beers yeah and, like cool uh, stuff you can't get elsewhere yeah also they're independent again so that's true you know, you're not supporting big they're bought by uh, uh, what was it? kings uh, kings and convicts yeah and their food is delicious uh, i love a brewery with a good restaurant such good food and then my other my sleeper pick was mike hess brewing mm. which i was sad to see actually talk, speaking of our top 10 one of the beers on my initial top 10 was my other vice my from, other vice yep yeah I from remember. mike hess it doesn't look like they make that beer anymore oh no really it's not on their website in their seasonals or year rounds so dude add it to the list of add it with aunt sally <laughs> we needed like a list of like Gone, Beers. but not, but not forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't even say that about Monkey Knife Fight anymore, though, because it came back. Well, hopefully they remake some of Aunt Sally yeah. and My Other Vice. Yeah. But Let's see. Anyway. Do we, yeah. No, that's interesting. I love that. I love the concept of the, the huge. Oh, yeah. The Solera brewing. That's so cool. Method. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, what else do we have to say about Flanders? And... I don't know. Let me see. Let me check my notes. Oh, I learned another really cool thing. So in the Flanders aging process, they don't actually go by. Sometimes, you know, they're like, oh, we age it for like eight months or something like that. Okay. They said they don't really have a target time. But what will happen is that the master mixers and master brewers will just taste. And when a barrel gets to like exactly where they want it, then it's done. But that can take like a variable amount of time. Gotcha. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, this La Rojana Creek was 11 and a half months. Like, (laughs) Yeah, it might be the same situation. That makes way more sense now. Because when I read that, I was like, why? Yeah, like why? Yeah. Like just do a year. Yeah, so they're like constantly tasting it, and then they when it gets like just where they want it, then they they pull it out of the barrel. So that's pretty cool. That is awesome. I love that they can like taste the subtleties changing. Yeah, that stuff blows my mind. I mean, we talked about that before. It's just like yeah. master tasters, right? Yeah, us eventually, right? They're definitely level fours, right? <laughs> on the uh, Cicerone. Yeah. Oh wait, hold on. Well, I guess I could save this for beer news in another on another week, but it doesn't matter because now I'm talking about it. The Cicerone Instagram, they posted just the other day, not too long ago, that they added two more Cicerones. They were like, two congratulating. new level fours? Yeah, I think it was level fours. Oh, why is it gone now? Maybe they failed. They awarded them too early. Maybe it wasn't there. Okay, well, anyway, 
this this was a terrible i was unprepared for this oh wait hold on shane mcnamara okay is the newest master cicerone nice welcome is he like the 20 isn't there only like 20 something cicerone level four cicerones yeah it's not a very it's yeah it's not very many what a bucket list steven i want you to make it to level four (laughs) it's yeah it's probably not gonna happen but do you think we can crash the level four test isn't it we know where it is right it's in chicago let's just go to chicago when it's level four testing go to the location just be like we wanted just to hang out with you nerds because you guys <laughs> that are would like be the, pretty cool you guys are like the nerdiest beer snobs on the planet we just wanted to hang out with you guys it's probably so like inconspicuous though do you think they would like entertain us like they probably don't get like fans you know what i mean yeah maybe not okay what if okay, we made like was... signs and it said we have yeah. like signs and we said we want to meet the level fours and we just kind of stand <laughs> no i mean i'm down <laughs> you know whatever you want to do i'll do Okay, sorry. Carry on. Okay, so I did find the post. So this is actually newer than that. So there are two new... These are the newest Master Cicerones. So Max Finance, Finance, and Ryan Sprayer. They're the newest level fours? Yeah. Okay, so Ryan... Oh, this is interesting. Ryan is the head brewer at Parish Brewing Company in oh, Louisiana. So cool. Ghost in the Machine. So that's awesome. Welcome to level four. Yeah. And then Max Finance is the senior manager of education and training for Artisanal Brewing Ventures. Ah, nice. Yeah. So he's worked as a brand ambassador for breweries and managed uh, like acquisition of breweries and stuff like that. So he's a he's a nationally ranked beer judge as well. So Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So there were two this year. I really feel like it's like being a beer Jedi. Yeah. You're like a Jedi knight. I mean, I mean, these people have like a ton of brewery experience. We gotta start our brewery, Stephen. Brewery brewing experience. Let's start a brewery called Level Four Brewing. <laughs> yeah, run by two Level Four Cicerones. Two aspiring Level Four Cicerones. <laughs> <laughs> One of my coworkers is dating this guy whose his aspiration is to be a billionaire philanthropist. <laughs> He's got a long way to go. I was like. Yeah, that's my aspiration too, but you know, there has to be a plan. I feel like being a millionaire is a pretty like reasonable goal, but being a billionaire is it's out there. Uh, it's really that. out there. All right. All right. Are we totally off the rails? I feel like we are. We're off the rails. I drink Okay. You did you drink that whole thing? I'm almost done. So oh my goodness. That's my excuse. It doesn't taste like alcohol, Stephen. You can just sip it right down. Yeah, mine can... doesn't taste like alcohol either. Bourbon barrel-aged cake batter. I love it. I love that you love that beer. I'm glad you liked it again. Yeah. This I, is the I first can't time wait to having try... it since the beer festival? I think so, yeah. I can't wait to try it with you in October. I'm just going to watch you intently stare at your face while you sip it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. To drink, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of beers I'm excited to drink. I want to see your reaction. Like, I don't you even got... know... That I'm excited to drink them, but when I get there, I will be. We gotta be careful. Do we? Yes, because I want, can't get too tipsy. Gotta I'll be bring very, IMB supplies again. <laughs> you gotta be very disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> I got a good hangover here. Yeah. Two liters. No, we gotta food. try everything, and then we can go crazy on our favorites. But you gotta be very careful, like not to get too tipsy too fast, because it really affects your opinion. Yeah. You're like, this was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, before we finish, I do want to mention, uh, we've, we've kind of briefly mentioned them, but I just want to mention some styles to seek out. Oh, yeah. Or some specific beers to seek out. So you've had the Duchesse de Bourgogne. I the love cherry. that beer. You had the cherry I've had the, the regular podcast. and the cherry. Yeah. Yeah. And I like both. So, yeah, that's a classic Flanders Red. That one actually has a little bit more of the balsamic vinegar. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about it. I love that yeah. balsamic vinegar flavor. Yeah, it's pretty distinct in that one. The other one, the Rodenbach, mm-hmm. apparently, so they have a Grand Cru, which rates very high. But they're actually, they're if you can ever find the Alexander, so the Rodenbach Alexander, really? It's so good, dude. So that one is a blend, and it's also macerated with cherries. So Yeah, I really, like, I really like that one. And it even says right on the label, I just looked it up really quick, aged in oak voters. So yeah, red ale macerated with sour cherries. That's the one to get. <laughs> it's 98 on Beer Advocate. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Oud Tart from Brewery Tarot. Or the brewery. It's their brewery tarot series. Check that one out. La Roja from Jolly Pumpkin, of course. La Folie from 
New Belgium. Highly recommended La Folie. And I'll give you a little odd one. There's one called oh, there's one from Destille Brewing in Illinois. They have a series called I think it's called Wild their Wild Sour series or something. Uh, they have a great Goza. They have a great sour series. They make a Flanders Red, but it is kettle soured. Really? Yeah. What is it it's, called? Uh, just called Destil Flanders Red. D E S T I H L. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. So it's kind of a modern brewing technique, making a Flanders Red. Basically, a sour amber, probably a kettle soured amber, basically. That's really cool. But yeah, a lot of people like that one. So, so yeah, those are some of the definitely. Uh, I would say like if you can check out the actual Belgian versions, do that first. I think they're I actually, agree. especially if you don't like super super sour. I think they're actually more approachable. Than... Yeah. Well, Rodenbach is actually if you have like a Total Wine or one of those like giant distributors near you, you can definitely get Rodenbach. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty widely distributed. Check and if out you that look section at, of beer that you never check out. <laughs> exactly. And if you look online at Rodenbach, if you just Google Rodenbach and you look at the pictures, one of the first pictures is those. I it's I believe it's the pictures of the Foders, and it mm. just gives you a real appreciation to like how ridiculously big they are. Just like picture a wine barrel, but like ten to fifteen x bigger. <laughs> it's really cool, and that's what they're aging in. So awesome. Put it on the bucket list, Stephen, to go to Rodenbach. In oh Belgium. yeah, for sure. Take the tour. Yeah. Belgium and Germany, two countries. I oh man, that is cool. That row of them. Do you see that? Yeah, and they're all numbered. Like that's awesome. So cool. Yeah, that would be fun. A lot of good beer in those barrels. <laughs> all right, sir. Well, should we wrap it? I think we've sufficiently covered the steep dive. Flanders Red. Yeah, go check it yeah. out. It's a great style. It is a great style. It's one of my favorites, to be honest. Um, yeah. So this has been. Oh wait, hold on. If you want to reach us, we're available on, on Instagram at attenuation.podcast. That that uh, fundamental observation is hitting hitting hard. Uh, you can also email. You don't us even at, know where he is. Right I don't now. know where I am. <laughs> Contact.attenuation at gmail.com. This has been episode 75 of Attenuation, a beer podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by my best friend since eighth grade, Stephen. That's me. And we're saying cheers, drink our red Flanders, and we'll see you next week. All right, cheers, buddy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Attenuation, a beer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram or Facebook for more fun content. Catch you next week. Cheers. Cheers.